your story is not over. I, I really want you guys to get that is I remember thinking that I'm 44 now. And I think when you and I met, I was my late thirties. And I, at that time thought my life was over. Like, meaning I was like, well, I haven't created anything that I want. So I guess I'm done. <laughs> and it's just such a strange thing to think about that. That's straight up conditioning, right? Like that mm -hmm. is a false program. And what I would love to offer is that that's not true. Mm -hmm. And you can recreate yourself from this moment. Welcome back, Envisionaries, to the Dream Into Being podcast, where mind science, transformational psychology, and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and Envisioneer, Kat Divine, in expanding the boundaries of your own fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome back Envisionaries. Today's episode is super exciting and very unique in a few ways. So first of all, this is officially my first uh, in-set, in-person interview. Even though we're not sitting next to each other, Maddie is just down the hall. And it was actually a great way to kind of taking a step forward because I think at some point in the show that will be part of the evolution is having guests here in person with me. It just creates a whole different vibe. We've been having so much fun so far in the day and we're so excited to share this episode. This one's really, really special to me because this human being is such a spiritual soul sister that really, really changed the game for me in such magical, deep ways that we're going to be talking about today. And we have been on this beautiful spiritual slash entrepreneurial journey uh, kind of at the same time and just touching base with each other and checking in and supporting each other. and. That's probably the one thing that I have recognized over and over and over in my life is having the support, even if it's just one person, is a game changer. So hopefully some of that translates to all of you who are watching today and um, just really inspires you. Her story is going to blow your mind, uh, getting to be an outsider and witnessing your transformation is so deeply inspiring. And in some ways, kind of shocking that somebody at your age knows the amount of information that you know, and it's so divine and it's so intuitive. And so essentially what we're going to do as far as our topic is the focus is going to be on the creation experiment today, aka the entrepreneurial journey. And we are going to flavor this whole episode with spiritual truths because both of us have been on the spiritual awakening path and journey together for so many years now. So that is just part of our lingo and part of how we see the world. And in so many ways, I think it really helps us to inform our dharma and our life's path and our life's purpose and mission. So Basically, that's the lens of the conversation for today. But as you know, Maddie, uh, <laughs> what I do a little different on the show is I always want to give my guests an opportunity to have the spotlight and to celebrate themselves and to do a little mini brag session of something that you've been really, really proud of or even surprised by yourself in your in the realm of the creation experiment. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself briefly, share a little bit about your backstory, and then of course, what you are so proud of. So my name is Madison. I'm going to start with what I'm proud of. I would say that the last two years have been a whirlwind. And usually what comes with whirlwind, when we reflect back on it, it's a lot of growth. And I think I love that you're creating space for a brag sesh or to say what I'm proud about, because I would say something that I'm very proud of and was surprised by is when I started 
the path to planning to open my business and starting it because of the time period in my life. So it was two months after my daughter's first birthday and a lot was happening in my life. And it was probably one of the hardest times for me. And I felt this call to just take a leap in Mm -hmm. having something for me. And I felt really drawn to it, but I guess to summarize, logically, whether it was financially, having such a young daughter, a new mom, and um, where I was at in life, logically, it didn't make sense for me to start a business at all. Um, <laughs> which I look back and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that really started. But um, so for me, I think taking the leap to do that, despite like fear, and guilt around, you know, what a good mother looked like, how I would balance that. I mean, the unknown and also like self-doubt was a big one. Um, There was so many questions constantly flooding my mind. And for the first time in my life, I really just ignored all of that and jumped into it. And um, I think through really honing in on self-awareness, I was able to really surprise myself Mm -hmm. with ability to work through those emotions as they were coming up and break those down and like try my best didn't always happen Mm -hmm. um to rewire that and to get through it and then change that narrative so that's something I'm very proud of and that's something I was very surprised by in myself yeah um yeah so that's exciting (laughs) it's amazing and hopefully anybody who's listening just uh just noticed the vocabulary that Maddie has when it comes to understanding uh, neuroscience in a lot of ways. I know this is a new topic for both of us. However, you do have such a deep wisdom around this topic. And we're going to weave a lot of this into today's episode because both of us have discovered without this component on the journey, we probably wouldn't make it very far. (laughs) because it it requires us to review so much of our fears and our doubts and our old beliefs and programming. And if we don't have the tools, then it's really, really hard to move forward. So just to finish off your brag session from the outside in, it was phenomenal to witness somebody, like you said, at a time in their life where maybe it didn't make sense to do this thing other than there was this supernatural knowing and calling to step forward into a new space in your life. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, we're, we're going to get into your business and what it is that you're doing, but we both know that there's a underlying motivator that is driving your why, which is, we're going to get into that. And that we're going to be talking about identity shifting and, kind of understanding the psychology that goes into becoming an entrepreneur. There's no other game you can play that is quite as revealing other than, of course, romantic partnership for sure. (laughs) Um, So I want to take our audience back to, I always like to start at the beginning. If, If there are any clues in our childhood, I think it's always fun for me to notice if there was anything at a young age that helps you to kind of guide the direction of your life, especially to this point. I know you've had some really phenomenal spiritual experiences at that age, but also was there like a little mini entrepreneur on the scene at that time? (laughs) Oh, I love that question. That's so fun to we don't spend a lot of time going back to our past. (laughs) So, um, gosh, actually, as you're asking that question, two things came up. Um, trying to think which one to start with. Okay. I'll start with the entrepreneurial side. Never thought of myself as Mm. where, I don't know. It's just funny to even say the word to be completely honest still. Um, but one memory I have, I've always been very creative and I've always had very interchanging interests like they like my brain will just bounce all the time I have a new passion and I dive into it and then I jump to something else and it's always around creativity that would be art that would be 
I did a lot of crafts growing up with my mom. She is also very artistic. So that's a way that we bonded. And I remember one memory that came to mind was in middle school. I had a pair of white vans or sneakers and they were fabric material. And one night I was just, I took a pen, a fabric pen, and just started doing mandala or type of doodles covering it. And I remember I wore them to school and a bunch of girls and even the guys too were like, oh, where'd you get those? And I was like, oh, I made it. I drew, I just drew on it last night. And they started asking me to do theirs. And so they're like, how much do you charge? And I remember one girl bought a new pair and brought it into school. And I just like (laughs) did her shoes for her. And so I guess that was like, Mm -hmm. um, one example of just ways that I yep. do that without consciously knowing like that that's totally. even a thing as a child of mm-hmm. business. It wasn't at my forefront. And also my mom, she, as a young child too, she, I saw her working very, very hard. Okay. She's a single mom and she, she actually owned her own uh, mortgage company when I was younger. So that, I was very, very young though, but I do believe in what our subconscious mind absorbs with like watching our parents and work ethic and things like that. So even though I don't have a lot of memories um, at that young age specifically of her working because that awareness as a child, it's just work. But I did see my mom work very, very hard to create the life that I had. And I think as we get older, we can link the two of what our memories are and our feelings around that, as well as <laughs> what um, it, now we know as an adult, oh, you know, our own business, and now we have more understanding of that. And then to answer the other question with, I guess, like the spiritual side, right? That's what you're thinking. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had, I, my poor mom, <laughs> she's just from a small town in the spiritual world was not in her awareness. And I giggle because someone classify me if they aren't more on the spiritual side or they don't understand what I'm about to say. It's going to sound crazy, but, um, and it felt crazy to my mom. That's why I say my poor mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a sweet one, but I would say to her, you know, I picked you from the stars, but it got like pretty intense fast. I mean, I was talking about my brother, Penny, I'm an only child. <laughs> I didn't mention that. Right. My brother, Penny, and my life in another, like describing another country. And my mom called my aunt, who's definitely more spiritual. She traveled around the world and like, she had heard of reincarnation and different things. And my mom thought there was something off with me mentally. And she was like, no, ask her more questions. And so she kind of explored what reincarnation was and why that might be coming up at such a young age. I was around... Uh, I know my daughter is two now and she's starting to talk. So I probably was like maybe closer to three um, in terms of my communication when I was able to say all of that. Um, So that was one thing. And I also would see orbs and spirits and sometimes they weren't a safe feeling. I don't know if that was just because as a child, you just don't understand if you don't have someone to explain to you or help you work through that, how scary that is. I remember feeling that there was different. <laughs> it was different. And I remember I was very audio. Um, forget what the word yeah, is. Clear, clear audience. Clear audience. Um, mm-hmm. I would wake up. It was a lot of times around sleep, which I know can be deemed more towards because it was a dream. But it was when I was consciously would wake up from hearing voices. Now I know I think it was like tongues or Latin or different things, but right. it sounded like a bunch of voices speaking another language I could not understand. And I think for my nervous system, it was t- terrifying. I mean, it just was like, my mom didn't know, no one knew, it was just scary. And I quickly turned that off. I remember one time I was, I'm from upstate New York and I was visiting there for the summer. I was in a cabin a lot of family friends were around. I don't remember who this woman was. She didn't come every summer. She was a friend of someone, but thank God she was there at the time when I needed to turn off because it was just scary for me. Um, I remember seeing a man. It was one of those where it didn't feel good. I was frozen in fear, paralyzed. And when I got the 
back into my body where I could move <laughs> and go and tell the adults, everyone check the windows. They're like, it's locked. I thought someone broke in. Um, and everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. And there was this one woman who sat me down on the bed and she said, I see you. And she said, I wear this necklace oh. and it protects me. I had the same experiences and I'm going to give it to you and you can wear it so that you, um, you know that when you're wearing it, that you don't have to see anything if you are not comfortable. And, and I think she knew too that just the idea in my head of knowing I'm wearing that and that I'm by wearing that consciously, spiritually, that I'm therefore not, I'm resistant to that. It right. did stuff. And I think that, I don't think it was a magical necklace. That's not what I'm saying. I but I think it, it was just that she understood that that, would help me turn it off and feel safe. And I wore that necklace till it broke off. And then it just really didn't happen. I mean, I've had nothing intense like a child, but I did have, I do still have strong intuition. Um, I have where it feels like my own voice, but it just pops up out of nowhere. I mean, there's things like that. Yeah. I would say that was a big part chunk of my childhood was Uh that confusion and feeling I think even as a kid, still feeling crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you get older and you understand that, like, you can understand pretend and reality. And what was really confusing is I think I was still consciously very aware that it sounded pretend, but it was my reality. And that was, a, that definitely left an imprint on me. <laughs> I was just thinking, I wonder how much of that happens to children that do end up abandoning their intuition and trusting themselves because like, you know, that word crazy doesn't really mean anything to a kid other than we just know that we're having experiences that not other people are having and you don't really know what to do with it. And as far as I know, there was a time period in your life where it was just kind of... I like what you were mentioning about the necklace. I think that's a great key takeaway that it was more so the belief in it that Mm -hmm. made it work. And then the belief is like, what do they call it? The philosopher's stone. That's us, right? Like (laughs) we're the ones wielding the power. And sometimes we need a little totem or something outside of us to kind of remind us. But I love that you brought it back to that you were the one that actually was able to command it to stop so Mm -hmm. I know that that happens to probably hundreds of thousands of us if not millions of us uh spiritual minded children and then eventually we kind of go through life at kind of a layer of disconnect and you know in some ways I think it's all perfect I think it's all sacred space and that is where we do start developing compassion that becomes the bridge to those that we're going to serve in the future. So it's like beautiful. I love how how you said that with the compassion and like empathy for other people through experiences where we might feel alone or isolated that I know we talk about this, not to jump into another thing, but um, I love the idea of that yin yang and it's like these seeming times that are scary or seem embarrassing or whatever mm-hmm. that looks like in the moment throughout our life that it always yields a form for new connection and new yeah. empathy for other people, mm-hmm. which is really, really powerful. I love that you said that. Yeah, well, and it reminds me of kind of when you came into my life, how powerful that connection was. And feel free to share as much or as little as you want to about that time period. But for me, uh, we were talking about this earlier, where oftentimes, and many of you listening might relate to this, that we go through a time period where we don't know our value, we don't know our worth, and we wonder if we ever will. And it was so amazing to connect with you at the time that I did, because I was just kind of starting this, this new path of discovering, you know, my value. 
And what was so amazing was it wasn't accomplishments that healed me. It was unconditional love and acceptance from another person on that journey themselves. That was right. That was like that heart opening expander. And so we kind of giggle about this at that time period of our lives from the outside in people probably were wondering if either of us were going to do anything meaningful with our lives because we didn't know Um, Mm -hmm. anything that you want to share about that time period to maybe where you find yourself now because it wasn't that long ago right yeah I love the point that you made at the very end of maybe people didn't think that we would map to anything or be where we're at um, because we didn't believe that. I think that's a huge takeaway. I just wanted to highlight that because I feel like sometimes in life, no, not sometimes. I feel like in life, when you know your value or you care, confident, anything, like if you're carrying yourself a certain way, people don't question it. When you feel timid, I think there was a study I I can't remember all the details about it to properly educate or anything, but I remember it sat with me because they did a study about um, people going into interviews who had scars, like facial scars. Mm -hmm. And they had a makeup artist say like, we're just going to touch up a couple of things before your interview and not knowing that they were going to completely take away their scars. They didn't give them a mirror, anything, and they did it really fast. So in their awareness, it wasn't enough to cover up their scars. And they interviewed them after and asking how it went. And they said they were looking at my scars. Like, I know I'm not going to get it, all of these things. And what stuck with me about that is I think so many times in our lives, we create this narrative about ourselves, whether it's an actual insecurity of a birthmark, a scar, something like that, or just how we're perceived. And it will affect how you carry yourself in the interview. Because what takes it from me is that that's what they were thinking about the whole time. Then how were they presenting themselves in that interview of like that sureness within themselves? They weren't, they were thinking about how the other person was perceiving them mm-hmm. rather than that interaction itself. And I think we do that a lot. So I just thought that that what you said, I'm like, that is so true. And going back to that time period, yeah, I just want to giggle again, because it is just, it was so perfect that you came into my life at a time where I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. I, and just to share, I was diagnosed after high school with fibromyalgia. And at the time before the diagnosis, it took a while. I had doctors telling, I had one doctor actually tell me that it was all in my head and I should see a counselor because none of my tests were coming back with any signs of issues that I was having nerve pain. I was having muscle spasms, fatigue, brain fog, like crazy. I could not have a conversation. There was so many things, um, just not lowest place physically I had ever experienced. And I think what was so hard about that was I found myself feeling like I needed to over explain to people because I didn't have, I was young. (laughs) I looked healthy and I felt like an 80 year old woman. So then when Baba came into my life, it felt like you said, heart opening because not only was, were you going through extreme physical ailments that you felt debilitated by. And I think for both of us, I don't want to speak for you. You can correct me, but I think at the time what I felt we were both experiencing and could relate to was feeling that isolation and aloneness that and this identity with like we got attached to that this was going to be our reality for the rest of our lives because I think when you start ask looking for answers and you're getting nothing back after a certain amount of time it's easy to get comfortable in that victim and be like well, it's, I'm safe here. I'm done getting my feeling, like I'm done getting my heart broken. Mm-hmm. And this is just going to be my life, throwing hands up, done. Right. <laughs> and I think when we came into each other's life, we could validate each other in a different way that other people may have sympathy for us, but it was another way to be seen. Right. And I think that's what we felt we needed was to be seen. And through that, it was so interesting. Do you mind if I share the <laughs> our self-help group or whatever. No, I was totally thinking about that. <laughs> I think this so, is 
this is so key. What she's about to share is huge. (laughs) So it was very positive in a lot of ways for us. And I think sometimes because we're in that same space, we also got even more comfortable there in a sense, because we're like, oh, we have a buddy. Like, this isn't that scary. Like I have a buddy, she sees me, we can do this together in terms of staying where we're at. And so Baba as the first, I call her Baba, sorry, um, Kat. Yes, that, that's me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Kat, she, as the person she is with connecting and wanting to bring people together, she said, why don't we create a support group. This has been so amazing for us to, you know, be able to relate with each other. We should start that for other people. So she did. And we had our first meeting and it was really cool in a lot of ways, but I think there was someone, do you remember how long? Uh, Well, as far as I remember, we just held the one meeting and we had one girl show up and that was all like, it was so. Was it one? She was like, right? Like she was like an angel sent from the heavens because for at least for me, she was speaking out all of the things that I was feeling and thinking inside and, but was not super conscious of. And I got to step back and go, oh crap, she's telling my story and I don't like this story. I don't like what I'm seeing. The and mirror. It, oh my, totally like the perfect mirror. And I think it, both of us kind of had an awakening of like, uh, maybe we don't want this identity. Maybe we don't want this life. Like whatever part yeah. of us was attached to that story loosened its grip, at least for me right away. And like, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was perfect. And I, I, it, what I think is even funnier is how we didn't talk about that like I, we were both had that realization and I'm not clear yeah. that we ever really talked about it until years later that You're we right. both thought the same thing <laughs> I know and I think it's in a it's such a great thing to for us to be sharing right now is sometimes we do see ourselves and we it's a process of like oh I don't know if I like what I'm seeing through this mirror of this other person projecting back to me, my patterns. And I think there is a process involved. And at the time, I don't think either of us were super educated. At least I wasn't on what to do with that. So it was like almost like this unraveling process that just needed to take its time. But in some ways it was effortless. It was just we saw what we didn't want to be or identify with anymore. And I know that that's a topic we're going to touch on throughout the episode is the power of alchemy. And that is essentially identifications and, you know, connecting our story to certain aspects of ourselves and then becoming awake and aware to what it is that we're choosing And then all of a sudden realizing that we have the power to choose other things. So I think that's what's so beautiful about definitely both of our stories, but it's more fun for me to get to witness it in you, right? Because I'm the outsider and I can watch your life playing out. And wow, if I had to pick one word for you as a divine healer, it's an alchemist of the heart. It's an alchemist of energy and I'll let you share more on this topic. We may as well just jump into it, but it's interesting because I'll let you share more about your actual business, but it's almost like your business is the facade or the game board for you to do your actual soul's work, (laughs) right? Like it's the setup for you to do this heart alchemy work with your clients. Yeah. I, I, that's a huge reason why I fell in love with aesthetics. So I'm a licensed esthetician. Um, and I was very confused about what path I wanted to go, but I knew I wanted to be around people and have connections. And when I started aesthetic school, it really clicked for me how much I just love connecting with people in an intimate space. It's always the client and then you, it's just that one-on-one time. And 
I fell in love with the power, which I'll like expand upon more, but there, I do feel like there is a power with services and the power behind what they can do for people and their mentality. And I like to say, I feel like I see people come back into themselves. What I mean by that is, is how they feel when I was in the more medical side and I was doing medical grade facials and laser treatments for, you know, acne scarring and, and acne, melasma, a lot of the skin conditions that people felt shame around or embarrassed or whatever feelings came up for them. I felt like they would, I could see them as coming back into themselves in that light and remembering like and seeing themselves instead of just looking for at the what they felt were their flaws were like they were reminded of that this that light up reaction and then I've transitioned over to more lash extensions and brows and it's a very instant um feeling after a service so I really can see just that energy shift right away. Hand them the mirror. They light up. They're looking at themselves. They're And it's just so fun because I love seeing them come back into who they are in terms of that boost, that energy, mm-hmm. vibration raise. It's, it's super fun. I don't believe that that in its core, like, is necessarily that alone, self-love. Or there's... I see the power in it and I love it and it definitely feeds my creative side. And, but it's, I don't, despite me being an esthetician, I think sometimes self-love is like having a morning routine, night routine, and, you know, getting a pedicure, going and getting services that can be labeled as self-love. And I don't believe that is it. <laughs> a lot of the power too is even just the connections of speaking to someone unbiased and having that human connection. I think there's a lot of layers to self-love, but mm-hmm. I just want to say, just by being an esthetician, that that alone is not necessarily what I believe is the core of self-love. Right. Um, so I was going to say, when you're actually working with a person, it sounds like the majority of the transformation happens like you said in the connection process of I think one of your gifts I mean it's such a profound gift of it's like the ability to see the full picture without judgment like you are so accepting of everybody of yourself of all the things that are part of being human and we were talking about this earlier of Uh, I was sharing a quick story about this doctor. I think it was Dr. Zach Bush. And they were sharing that they had three patients. They were working in hospice. They had three patients in the same day that died and then got brought back to life. And he shared that all three of them had exactly the same things to say. The first thing was hilarious was, why did you bring me back? But then the second, the second part of it was they said, wherever they went, you know, heaven, uh, their experience of it was unconditional acceptance. They all three used that same word, nothing else. <laughs> it was full acceptance, non-judgment and that was so great for me to hear because it kind of clicked all of a sudden. I was like, oh, oh, there's <laughs> nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with anybody. There's nothing to fix. And the true work is that acceptance and that unconditional self-love. And I know that that's part of your journey right now, which I think is not a coincidence that you <laughs> that you start at the physical level with a client because mm-hmm. that's the most obvious manifestation, right? They're yes. they're gonna go seek help with this experience of self love, and little do they know <laughs> that they're meeting a spiritual guru that is going to actually give them an experience of what does it feel like to accept myself? What does it feel like to recognize that oh this is the human experience like we're meant to be flawed you guys with this the way that everything is is the way it's meant to be not that we can't choose something different like that's the game as well but I I want you to share a little bit about you know the fix-it mentality that we were talking about earlier and the difference I really want you to share what is the difference between fix-it 
and self-love and what is the journey look like and even some practical tips and tools if you have any oh my goodness my mind wants to jump around <laughs> so yeah I, I I'll start with what you were saying with the acceptance mm -hmm. and I think something clicked for me recently and tying in with the self-love that I'm very passionate about and rediscovering myself mm -hmm. and getting to know myself and creating that space of acceptance and I think that um falling in love with our journey and our struggles and our insecurities or maybe even actions that we're not proud of mm -hmm. and I know that that <laughs> off the bat that's going to sound like what do you what do you mean by that <laughs> you were supposed to hold ourselves accountable accountable and I I want to say that yes I think it's still very important to hold yourself accountable but what I find is sometimes we take it to a point of constantly reminding ourselves and then that feeling of shame and guilt and being angry at ourselves, like not forgiving ourselves yeah. for that and or trying to focus on how do I change myself because yes. you're not proud of who you are or what you did in the past. And I... I think something that I've been trying to do this myself and in the path of that process, because it's a lot to unpack for each and every one of us. But I think being accountable for how that was and then remembering back to a time that maybe you weren't proud of something mm -hmm. and pinpointing to being accountable for that action or right. decision, whatever it was, but then tying it back to where was I at and how strong was I to pull myself out of that or how what did I learn from that and how am I proud of myself for that yeah. and because then that's replacing that anger and self-hatred with love like you're saying I I can love and respect that past version of where I was at and I love what it helped me become yeah. and how I moved through that and I think by doing that, that to me is the big core of what self-love is because otherwise we're going to keep manifesting that reality of that identity we attach with at that time of who we are and it will keep showing up in our life. And Astral. whether it's a block with, you know, a career path you want to go on and then this belief of whatever that belief is can keep showing up and putting that block or in relationships and until we kind of can heal and love ourselves and move forward. Um, so that's something that I've been trying to work on, but as far as the services, uh, the connection in the room, it's really cool because I'm a talker. I love to chit chat. And something that was challenging for me was getting really in tune to reading people and honoring where they were at and where they were showing up. Right. So with meeting someone for the first time, what I noticed is a lot of people, we have a wall and it's not sometimes obvious, but it can come off as coming short or snappy or, or just shy or being fully open, but um, not able to articulate. I just want to sleep for my facial or I just want this. So right, right. how people, what their time. And I think switching my brain of this is their time. Mm -hmm. Like I work for them right now because they're paying for this reserve out of their busy schedule, their life for this one hour or however long it is, like that is their time. So if that looks like venting to a third party or like chit chatting and having a girl talk and or it's looking like taking a nap and having that be respected or playing meditation music because whatever that looks like I always ask what do you like to listen to do you want a podcast do you want to chit chat do you want to sleep because I think honoring that and I think that's where like the self-care and like getting services done can be very healing because it can look like connection and also could look like you know, maybe a mom who is a stay-at-home mom who doesn't have time to herself. So that's her time to herself, you know? And so that's where that can be healing too. Um, 
and give a confidence boost as well. And I like how you said it can sometimes start that journey when you feel good about yourself um, and you get that confidence boost or that energy vibration where you come back into yourself and you see you're reminded of who you are. You're like, oh, this is me, like I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. And it definitely can make it easier to start doing the inner work because then you get reminded of that. Oh, I love myself. And I find that I feel like it gives people enough of that boost to maybe, you know, want to go like go towards their goals or do things. And I know it sounds silly, but I just don't believe anything about those this beauty industry from what I've experienced with being in it is vain. I think it's really connection. And I think it's really like about people mm-hmm. starting that journey of wanting to create space for themselves. And it's just another form of it. So, oh, that's such an interesting perspective. And I think you nailed it because I definitely went through that myself of the last few years, really getting, having a lot more fun with my presentation, you know, like dyeing my hair blonde, obviously wearing blue contacts (laughs) today. (laughs) I'm telling you guys, that is so much fun. Like, I wish. I wish that I was more self-expressive in my younger years. I think I was so controlled and timid and uh, yeah, maybe just didn't even want the spotlight on me or whatever, Spotlight, (laughs) right? But as I've been stepping into this space of healing, that has been a pleasant surprise of desiring pleasure and desiring beauty and having fun with it and using it in the right way. So I think that's what you're communicating is it's like the first step towards self-love. Unfortunately, it's not like we don't get the end result uh, doing that alone. But I love what you mentioned is that it can give us that boost to be able to become brave enough to do some of the heavy lifting when it comes to shedding off some of the old. And yeah, what I'm noticing is for me, at least it's definitely much more playful. It's much more like, uh, embodying the self-expression and thinking, wow, we're all just this walking piece of art. So what what can we do with it? How much fun can we have with it? (laughs) And I love using that as a way to bring us joy and bring us pleasure. And I think what you do is you do like the inside out (laughs) alchemy of, of bringing people's beauty to the surface so that it's physically seen, but then there's also that inner alchemy as well. So I know it's so fun. Every once in a while, um, I'll be in a episode and it'll just click and I'm like oh I think we're talking about the wrong experiment because so much of what, <laughs> so much of what we're talking about today really is the connection experiment mm-hmm. uh, so we'll just call it a hybrid of the, <laughs> of the creation and the connection experiment which is interesting that's been a pattern that's been showing up and of course it makes sense we all have so much experience in so many different realms of life But I do want for anybody that is watching that is going through their own creation experiment, maybe they are in the journey and they've been doing it for a while, uh, owning their own business. Maybe they're just curious. Maybe they're just creators and they're just out on social, but they don't know yet what their their thing is to actually monetize yet. So I was just curious, what advice do you have for anybody who is on that journey? Maybe not very far along, but I, like I said, I got to see your journey from the outside in and it was profound because my journey looked so different. I had so much community and so much support around me that my evolution was fairly comfortable. And then here you were doing it all behind the scenes in a lot of ways alone. And I didn't even realize like how much you were doing on your own until we, you know, started reconnecting a bit more. And so in some ways, like, oh gosh, you have nothing to worry about. If you've made it this far without all of that support, you're going to be at the top of your game in no time. But just to give any encouragement especially if it is a woman that is a mom, like what, what are some takeaways to give to them? Oh my goodness. 
So that was something as a, as a mom was that kept showing up a lot for me, especially as a new mom and feeling, I felt a lot of feelings of guilt and confusion, identity struggle, especially there was a period of time where, um, you know, we didn't have two cars. I, when I was at home with my daughter, it wasn't, it was at home doing the same thing every day, trying to get creative and feeling like I was, I was so thankful to have the time with my daughter, but at the same time, it felt so isolating. I also was the only friend in my group at the time to have a child. And so I think that sometimes, you know, it can look different for everyone. That was my experience, but where people come into motherhood, it can feel really lonely or some of the thoughts and feelings that surface, there can be feelings of guilt because here is this big, the biggest blessing in your life. And just so like so much love, but then there's these other feelings of how fast your life changes, how quickly your mentality changes, like just overnight. And then you're all of your time it's not yours it is to them and it is just a huge shift fast yeah and you wouldn't change it but I think there's a lot of feelings that come up with that and for me it was a lot of mom guilt and a lot of shaming myself like being hard on myself and I think that I don't it wasn't a quick fix I think it was just starting to teach myself to give myself grace and remind myself that I have the best intentions. And I think the big thing that clicked for me that helped me as a reminder in those feelings were, was, um, if it's okay, if you're not perfect, cause no parent or no human being on this planet yeah. is without mistakes or without lessons learned. It's just reminding myself, like, I will do my best to take away a lesson. So if I'm not proud of, mm-hmm you know, a feeling that came up, even a thought like that, I can work through that and I can create space for myself. And I can also um, show up the best I can in that moment. And if it's not the best that I want to be, I can learn from it and see how I can do it better next time. And that creates space for me to give myself grace and also know that it's okay. Like, (laughs) it's it's okay. Um, And as far as if anyone is unsure of you know, what their, their journey is, whether it's with business or what niche or, you know, even just career. I mean, it just not maybe knowing that or your Dharma, like if it's a spiritual journey, just not knowing that I feel like they can definitely, they definitely intertwine. It, it's a slow process. And I think it's just asked for me, it was asking a lot of questions of what do I want my day to day to look like? So do I want to be in an office setting? Do I want to sit? Do I want to be around people? Do I want to talk? And I think asking really basic questions for me, not thinking of career, because then it's so broad for me. I asked myself, how do I want my everyday to feel? And what do, what makes me happy? Is it sitting behind a computer? Is it, you know, having face-to-face interactions? Is it um, how long school or not you know a shorter time or if school at all I just started kind of breaking down the path and then what the end goal of like what that would feel like and then it narrowed down so then within that I could look at careers and it was helpful to do it very surface and this at my experience was also out of high school and I started doing this because mm-hmm. I had yeah but I think through asking yourself simple questions you'll see a pattern And then I think through asking yourself more deeper questions of what brings you joy, what lights you up, what gets you so passionate that you could spend so much time doing, you don't care if you get paid, Yeah. like where you would forget to charge someone money if you're the one doing it, because it's just something that lights you up. And I think that that can be hard to pin where we can put pressure on ourselves. And that's why I say, like, just look at the simple questions and then you'll see patterns and the hard part is also trying it out because we're yeah. constantly evolving and changing beings. So it's okay if that changes and it's different because it might be the same genre and it might evolve to something new. It's evolved for me. Um, and I think that's normal and natural and okay if you're not in alignment with what you chose at this age. 
and you had shifts and lessons learned and you are a different person. We're not the same people. So Mm -hmm. I think giving yourself grace that you don't have to make this giant decision and that's going to be your whole life. I know. (laughs) I know. It's kind of interesting. It's like, where does that, we must be brainwashed at some point to think that we're supposed to know. And I've actually spent the last two years hosting multiple experiments because, and to be honest, I still don't have a full clear picture. I have like a lot of chapters of the last two years that bring a lot of clarity, but it's almost like, well, why not? Like, why not have an idea and execute it and see, do you like it? Did you enjoy it? What were the results? And then it not being any more than that. Like it literally (laughs) is just a way for you to collect some data. And it's such a fun, low pressure way to live too. My gosh, like I can't even imagine thinking the way I used to that I should know what I am supposed to do. Oh my God. (laughs) Another piece of this puzzle that you had mentioned uh, a couple of days ago when we were chatting that I want you to bring up because I think it's so powerful is this misconception or notion that balance is the goal. <laughs> I love that you brought this up because I, I think you're right. I don't think this is talked about in the right way. I think it's being promoted and possibly as a way to push an agenda or to push guilt or shame. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on balance and what the realities are of that. Uh, My feelings of balance are kind of intense. (laughs) I think that balance is BS. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like in more recent, I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's always been a thing. I just, maybe it's just, talked about more but I feel like a lot of people are talking about how to have balance in your life and how to have a work-life balance how to balance as a mother there's just been a lot of talk about it um I've noticed it at least and I definitely was thinking there was something wrong with me that I couldn't um switch gears that I couldn't do everything and I couldn't make everyone happy happy and like I just I mean a lot of this was all in my head this is the reality I was putting in my head it's not that anyone said it to me or it was fact it was this pressure I was putting on myself that what a perfect mother looked like what a perfect friend a family member daughter you know like fiance all of that I was creating this narrative of how I had to show up and then within all of that find time for me and I thought that I had to juggle all of that. And I quickly learned, I don't think that that is possible at all. Um, And I think if we're trying to, um, to constantly do everything at once, you're going to burn yourself out. And And what the reality became true for me was I put myself last on that pedestal and I was valuing myself here and I was prioritizing everything else. And you can't function like that. You cannot go for now. And I know that's something that we all know, like fill your cup first, put your air mask on. Like I know that's talked about, but I think it's easy to forget that when you feel like you should have Mm -hmm. work play balance or whatever that looks like in your life. And I, I think that, um, I don't know. I guess I'm still trying. I think it's just honoring like and prioritizing things and knowing, at least for me as a mom, I know I'm always there for Brixton and I know I'm always doing my best. That's what I talked about earlier. I've just reminded myself, I know I'm going to do my best. I know that there'll be lessons I learned that I can apply later to tweak and change if I need to. But my intention is to be the best I can be in that moment. And it's also prioritizing things. And I think most of all making sure I'm making time for myself. And that looks different though. Like sometimes it does look like I need to stay up late working because I know my future self will be thankful that I didn't put that off. And I'm okay with struggling in the morning with when I open and that's the best mom I can be in that moment. I'm like, do you want scrambled eggs? Like I might be out of it, but I'm still showing up in this best version of myself. So it's not, I can't, you can't do everything all the time. 
right and this like fairy tale movie life I just don't it's okay it's okay is what I'm trying to say yes thank you for spreading that message because I am starting to understand this is like um cultural brainwashing to put that kind of pressure on women, especially because I found this to be really interesting was when the workforce was developed, it was developed around the hormone cycles of men because that's who was creating the workforce. And Mm -hmm. it didn't take into account how different the rhythm of a woman is. And I'm just now starting to learn these things. And now it makes sense why I burnt out. And a few times, And I think kind of what I've landed on is like you were saying, it ends up being seasons. You're going to go through different seasons in your journey and there's going to be a time to hustle just as part of it. (laughs) I mean, and, and it can be fun too. I've enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, but then I think where the balance, there's some opportunity to play with is are you counteracting that hustle with like deep rest and that self-care yeah. and that love? And I think that's where the opportunity is for, at least for yeah. me, for sure. I feel like specifically with work or career wise, whether that's entrepreneurship or nine to five, whatever that looks like, I think you brought up a really great point to explain what I was trying to say earlier in a better way is that if if you're asking yourself, like some people genuinely love to work. I know you love to work and there's periods of time. I know I love to work. It lights me up. Yeah. Lights this fire in me and it, it makes me happy. And I think that's sometimes what we hear is with the balance of, well, you have to make time for relaxed time or you have to relax. You're working too hard or you're doing too much. And I think that that might be true for them, (laughs) but where you're at, maybe that is lighting you up that you're like, wow, I'm happy working. I'm happy doing this. And that also could look like with what the point you brought is, are you working that hard because it's lighting you up? Or is there an idea in your head that you have to hustle and grind to burnout for you to then be successful? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have to be that way. That's a learned belief that, but it's, it's figuring out, are you punishing yourself in a way because you think you have to to reach that success or is it more so that you genuinely are enjoying it and then if it's the other one where you're think that that's what you need to do then that's where it's like it's it's putting in time to make sure you're honoring yourself and like working working and doing what you need to do but also asking yourself like am I ignoring my needs like it could be basic needs like showering and doing the things for you because you think you just have to keep going I yeah yeah so it's I guess it just boils down to like awareness and inquiry of what are our motivations like what is driving us and then making peace with what again coming back to the beginning of the conversation making peace with what is and you guys were allowed to do this messy like that's I think that's the biggest thing both of us are trying to broadcast here is nobody has it figured out the big, no. the big giant companies that we think have it all together. No, there's a big mess behind the scenes because it's humans. We're humans and we make mistakes and it, it just is what it is. But I think what I'm hearing you say is to shift the mentality of that. I'm doing something wrong or carrying guilt and shame to, I am amazing. I'm going to celebrate myself. I'm going to be so proud of every little thing that I do that is moving me towards this beautiful creation of life that I am choosing. And then again, like very different motivations and very different life experience. And I think very different outcome. So I know we need to wrap this up, but just want to say thank you so much. I like, I love talking to you. Um, I didn't (laughs) mention this at the beginning, but Maddie is, like I said, she's my spiritual soul sister. I'm sure we've had many lives together. And, and (laughs) in this life, she is my nephew's uh, fiance, and then the mother (laughs) of my grandniece and such, you hold such a special place in my heart and in my life. I could not imagine life without you. Um, so just like, I'm so 
proud of you for how far you've come. I learn from you all the time. I'm always inspired by you. I'm so grateful to have a friend to go on this journey with, spiritual and entrepreneurial. What a great combination. Um, so before we let everybody go, what what are some key takeaways that you could leave our listeners with? Of you know, just kind of everything that we've covered today but just kind of reminding them of the choice points that they have, of the power that they have to choose and create their life, whether it is their relationships or honoring themselves with self-love or choosing to move forward and create a business. What are the things that you think would give them the most peace and the most self-love? No, I love that question because I think even if I go off on rambles about this. These are all things that I am reminding myself by saying too. I have very recently been trying to relearn who I am in my own journey of falling in love with myself again. And I think um I think the main thing that I just want to invite other people to join with me because it's been so healing in is getting to know yourself. Like when you fall in love with someone, you're learning everything about them. And I think creating space for you to, it doesn't have to be the super heavy things like going back and the belief systems and shame and all that it can be and finding love there for your past version of yourself. Um, but also just knowing that you can rewrite your story. You, you can, you have so much power within you and we forget that we see that in other people, especially the ones that we fall in love with. But I just want to invite people to start asking, your, getting to know yourself by asking yourself questions and falling in love with you and creating space to let go of whatever belief you have created about yourself from, from the world creating or like uh, establishing a belief about you that has become maybe an identity or something that Mm-hmm. could be um something you're still holding on to and just seeing yourself through a different lens how you would see someone you love or your inner or your younger child of how you would speak to them and like telling that it's okay you got through that and I guess falling in love with you in a different light I think that's the main part of what I wanted to say can be very powerful is just I want people to just start that journey because that's the journey I've been on. It's been so healing and trust. I feel like getting to know my intuition again. And it's been really healing to realize some of those beliefs that I've been holding on about myself weren't mine to begin with. Yeah. But I made them mine. And um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think we all have that and that's okay. And I think the other part is being starting to fall in love with and be comfortable. This is something that clicked for me recently was like life is going to be a constant highs and lows. There's a yin yang to everything and you can't appreciate day without night. And I think that like wherever you're at, or if it's a really dark place that you're in and you're feeling really lost, like just know that that's a part of your journey and that that's going to be a part of your story and that's going to help you help someone else or heal someone. And that's also a place that you can give yourself grace for. It's not who you are in that moment. It's a part of your story and falling in love with that path. And I don't know, just sending love to any areas that feel wounded, I guess. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not an expert in this. This is just stuff at all. This is stuff that very recently helped me come out of, um, like dark mindset in different times in my life. And I'm trying to still work through what I'm sharing. <laughs> yeah. So I know same. And I think if anything, my intention for the whole podcast, but especially this episode is we don't, we don't realize that connection and self-love really are what we're after and everything else is just a projection of what is happening on the internal and that your story is not over. I, I really want you guys to get that is I remember thinking that um, I'm 44 now and I think when you and I met, I was like my late 30s and I at that time thought my life was over. 
like meaning I was like, well, I haven't created anything that I want. So I guess I'm done. <laughs> and it's just such a strange thing to think about that. That's straight up conditioning, right? Like that mm-hmm. is, that is a false program. And what I would love to offer is that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And you can recreate yourself from this moment by continuing to check in. I love your, I love your practicalness, Maddie, of asking yourself the little questions, like whatever little questions you can to get to your authentic self and letting it reveal itself to you in time. Like we're not in a race. This is, this is a life to be enjoyed and to find pleasure and connection and excitement. It's a ride, right? Like it's, it's an adventure. So Uh, Thank you guys all for sitting with us and spending your valuable time. We appreciate it so, so much. And I'm so excited. Maddie is going to be one of, actually, we're going to create history together. She's going to come on the show and be a guest host and interview me, which is going to be so much fun. So that episode is coming. And then another thing we're going to be doing together is some roundtable discussions with like a small group of us on different topics. It might be on spiritual awakening. It might be on entrepreneurship, but we're just going to kind of dissect as a think tank around different Mm -hmm. topics to bring some more community to all of you guys, because it's something that blesses my life so deeply. I get to have these little mini uh, community sessions several times a week. And part of that uh, next evolution of the show is to bring that experience to you guys because it is so powerful. I mean, really, that's all I think any of us are really after is that deep connection with our soul family. So just want to invite you all to continue to watch, continue to join us on this experiment uh, journey that we call life. And uh, if you have any final words before we close off, Maddie, please share. I don't know why I forgot about this word before, but I wanted to say accepting yourself mm-hmm. that you don't need to change who you are. That's what I wish I said earlier was, I think that's the journey I'm trying to, I've just started and I'm still finding my way through that, but that you don't need to change. You can accept your past, your present, and you also empower of your future a lot more than I think we realize and forget. And just falling in love and accepting yourself because you are, you have your own unique sparkle, like we all do. And the sooner that we can come into that and just see that we have our unique light to share. And there's a reason that you are here. And that's really special. I agree. And thank you for that reminder for any of you that are watching that have had any kind of transformation in your life that you would like to come on the show and share. Please reach out to me. My email is in the description box below. And I would love to have you on to share your story because it is so, so important that we have more and more conscious conversations like this so that more of us feel well equipped and prepared to enter the arena of our life by choice, knowing that we can do this and that we have each other. It doesn't need to be as scary as our mind might make us believe at times. So hopefully at the very least, you guys enjoyed your time with us today and that it reminded you that you are the master that you've been waiting for. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. 